Hello, people of the internet. This is Anna Rockontour. And her editor, Katie Griffin. And we are here to answer some of the niggling little questions that keep you up at 3 a.m. Or at least the ones that keep me awake at 3 a.m. And by proxy, keep me up at 3 a.m. So, today we're going to talk about language creation. Everything that goes into the process of creating the language for each culture in each book. So, what would you say it is you start with when you're creating a language? The first question I really ask is, what culture am I basing this off of? Because I usually base it off of some culture, you know, somewhere around the world. And once I've answered that question, then I start actively looking for their dictionaries and see how much of the language I can base off of the language already in, in existence. Not always, but that typically is where I start. What would you say is the language you abuse the most? Hmm... Well, you mean aside from the English language? Um, probably the Scots dialect. I've used that now in two different worlds. Yeah. Possibly even three. Yeah, it's... Yeah. I, I'm thinking Midnight Quest and the Kingmaker series is the, the two I used it the most in. And I actually have a Scots to English dictionary that I pull out and reference and use. But yeah, that's probably the major one. And let me tell you, Editing Scottish is a pain in the arse. A little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, try coming up with all of it. Because especially when I took a break in between Arrows of Promise and Arrows of Change, when I got back into writing everybody, I thought, oh my gosh, do I remember how this dialect works? <laughs> no, I don't. Okay, where's my notes? <laughs> so yeah, it, probably the Scots dialect is the one I abuse the most. Yeah, like the whole not becomes not, you have to put an apostrophe. And let me tell you, catching every single one of those is like looking for a needle in a haystack. Without the magnet. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's bad. Yes, I'm, I'm very glad, knock on wood, that you won't be using it for a while. I don't think I will. I make no promises. My brain makes no promises. Yeah, I, I, I take no, no... Uh, no guarantee from you. I wouldn't either. Okay, next question. If you're basing it upon a language, what goes into that language other than deciding, okay, this is the dialect? Like, what what do you choose from a language to implement? Kind of depends upon the dialect. Um, the first consideration always is, how do you swear in this language? Because as odd as it sounds... The first thing that you learn with a foreign language, aside from, you know, hello, thank you, and where's the bathroom, are the swear words. At least whenever I, I was studying a language, that's the first thing I was learning. And it's one of the things that's actually the hardest for me to do as a young adult author, because I'm trying to keep it somewhere around a PG level. So I'm actively looking for a way for people to insult each other and be derogatory and be rude without actually cussing. So... Lots of consideration goes into that. I spend a lot of time on the internet researching how different cultures you know, talk to each other and how they swear at each other. And then, of course, I've also got helpful things like what my sister-in-law bought me, a Shakespearean insult chart. So things like that. Um, I also have to consider, though, like with Faye's culture in Deepwoods, he had a whole honorific system that he used where you know, he addressed different people of different levels in a different way. So I have to consider 
does this dialect or this culture have you know, any kind of a hierarchy, any kind of a ranking system? Do I need to actually put honorifics attached to the end of people's names? Or, you know, can I be much more casual? It's different. I mean, American culture doesn't have levels of formality. I think the Vietnamese have like 26 or something. It's insane. So you've got that also in consideration. You also have to take into consideration, like, if they have those levels of formality, at what point in a person's relationship do they decide, okay, I can downgrade you from this formal to a more casual Yes, that's very true. We actually saw Faye do that because he went from, you know, one level of formality with Savan to a more casual formality at a certain point. Um, and with Sylvie, you know, not that Sylvie gave him any kind of a choice because he tried to address her as an older sister. She threw something at him. So he had to downgrade it to something much more informal so that she wouldn't keep throwing things at him. Uh, but yeah, things like that are, are always in consideration. Um, I also try to consider they have a certain type of rhythm with how they speak. Like with the Scots dialect, they have a certain type of way that they would phrase things. So I have to consider that as well. Yeah, and it's it's not so, I mean, dialect is a part of it. But like with the Scots, it's the placement of the verbs, for example, or the um, they use um, be instead of am or was. So I be here instead of I am here. And of course, you've also got the ones where like with a, a Russian or a Slavic accent, they would have a, a V or a Z sound to soften some of the harder consonants. And so you're trying to, it's so hard to do. You're trying to relay through written words how that would sound i've actually seen one author who suggested that that was insulting to the reader that they wouldn't know how that sounds and i was looking at what she was saying going lady i don't know how a slavic accent automatically sounds i, I don't know how a finnish accent would automatically sound i'm grateful for the cues please let me have the cues uh, but you also have to consider too like with the kingslayer uh, slang that was a basically another language. By the way, I actually cheated on creating that. I have a Columbia's Dictionary for Writers called Words on Words. And it was literally a whole dictionary of English words we don't use. Not actively. Uh, I, I didn't actually know until I was reading through this thing that there is companion words for exit, adit, and obit. So I actually went through the dictionary and just made a list of everything that I thought I could use, what it meant, and then I used that actively throughout the book. So I do have reference books I'm using to pull all this off. But yeah, for the most part, I'm sitting there studying, researching, spending a lot of time on the internet and YouTube. I love YouTube. YouTube is my friend. Trying to figure out how a character should sound. I, I guess that ties into names how do you decide upon a name for that culture like if you're blending cultures what are the rules you choose to say okay I'm going to take this aspect of language one and this aspect of language two half the time it's like oh that sounds cool no honestly I wish it was deeper than that but it's not I will go on to baby name websites 
a lot. I spend more time on that thing than an expected mother. Seriously. And I look for first the meanings of the names because half the time I'm thinking, okay, this person's got a very strong personality or this person's going to be a warrior. I need their name to sound or at least mean this. And then I'll go through and go, okay, so they're kind of an Asian you know, type culture. So let's check China. Let's check Korea. Let's check Japan. And then whatever name I think feels right, that's what I go with. And then I try to stay with that cultural subset for the rest of the, the characters that are, you know, secondary characters. Does that mean that I get it right on the first try? No. No. Never. <laughs> um, I'm currently working on the second book to my new series, um, which will be called The Void Mage. And I have a character in there who's changed names three times. Like, I literally would sit down, write a scene, pop up and go, that's not right. It, his name is not Frankie. And then I'd sit down and I'd write a second scene. I'd change the name and go, that's not right either. <sighs> okay. And I, finally, I had to sit down with my editor, my lovely editor, Katie, and say, it's not right. Help. And between the three, two of us, we figured it out. But it, sometimes the characters will go, well, that was a nice try. But that's not actually my name. Because they're snarky and they have opinions. Yeah, sometimes their 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 personality really influences their name. So, like for the the replacement Frankie name, we sat there going, "Okay, what would just be the most absurd name that he hates?" And so he's always using a different nickname. So no one really knows what his real name is except one other person. But the rest of the time, he just introduces himself as someone completely different, all based upon what his real name is. And his mood at the time. Yes. Which is how I finally came to the conclusion, oh, well, no wonder I didn't know his actual name is because he never uses the darn thing. There are times like that. Uh, There's also times where I will, like with Garth, I sat down and wrote four chapters the, the first four chapters of John 10, thinking he was a girl. And then I wake up one morning and go, oh, it was a boy. That's awkward. In which case, yeah, I kind of had to change his name. <laughs> Her name. Her name into a his. So yeah, there's also moments like that where you're like, oh, okay. I was, I was misinformed by my own head. That's interesting. Yeah. What would you say your favorite we're, we're going back now what would you say your favorite like slang word cuss word has been to write or to use both uh, because I love to say busted buckets it's just such a wonderful alliteration it makes me happy so I've actually used that in real life because I'm strange and weird that way um, I have noticed that despite me being in different worlds I tend to use the same exclamation of sweet mercy or you know, something along those lines. That's your southern side coming through. I cannot disagree. I, I have no retort to that. Um, I guess because it's more of a comfort cultural fallback for me. That's just something that I naturally think. Uh, I have caught myself using that a couple of times in this new series, and now I'm actually hunting them down and trying to change them to something that's more culturally accurate. But uh, 
yeah, for for the most part, I really wish I could use busted buckets and shrieking hinges in more than just the Advent world because they were fun to use. And I think that about wraps it up. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. Fans, if you've got questions, please let us know. We'd love to answer them for you. Yeah, and this is Anna Rockantor. And her editor, Katie Griffin. Wishing you a very good day.